And we are live. Julie Wade from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe. How are you? I'm great this morning. How are you, Rev? I'm so excited to be talking to you. Now, you just told me you're in Denver today, correct? I am, yes. That's awesome. And let, for everybody that, that's watching here, why were you in Denver? I was here because there was a conference sponsored by uh, Nation's Restaurant News Magazine. It was the Create, the Future of Food Service. So that met here in Denver for three days. And now we have two locations in the Denver area. So I'm visiting stores the rest of the week before I head back home to Birmingham on Friday. Love that. Love that. Well, you answered another question I was going to ask is where are you from? Because there's definitely a cool accent there. But oh. we got that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so Birmingham, Alabama, born and bred. Love it. I've been there once. I've been to the Sloss Furnaces, if you know where that is. Oh, most definitely. I went to I went to a, a concert there. Anyway, yeah. there's a different there's a different story. Uh, so we were kind of joking before we went live here about the name of the business. And I wanted to tell a funny story to sort of frame it up. So it's Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe. And it's easy, I think, to look at that name and be like, I don't know what that is. Uh, I grew up in Detroit where we speak Greek food, not Greek, uh, but funny. Right. So I grew up eating gyros. OK, mm -hmm. to me, that is what it is. Right. Uh, because when you go eat at the Parthenon in downtown Detroit, that is how, what they call it. Right. When I moved here to New Jersey, literally the first day I moved to New Jersey, I went to like a corner shop, whatever. I was hungry. I was like, oh, let's go get a euro. It's me and my buddy. I walked in. The guy's like, hey, can I help you? And I was like, I want a euro fries and a pop. And he was like, what? What did you just order? I was like, euro fries and a pop. And he's like, I don't know what those things are. He's like, a gyro? Do you mean a gyro? And I was like, yeah, a euro. And he's like, what is a pop? That's a soda. I was like, welcome to New Jersey. Anyway. So, <laughs> and if you ordered that in the South, it would be a Coke. A Coke. Yeah. No what matter flavor. what you were getting. So. Yeah. And then what flavor, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you guys say at the brand? Do you say soda? Um, Drinks. We drinks. just kind of Beverages. Yeah, just, uh, generically refer to them as drinks. So. Awesome. Well, listen, I wanted to point out to everybody who's watching this live or, or watching it later, listening it later, that like you are the type of person that will go to an event like Create because you're trying to learn, you're trying to grow. Uh, you know, you're a networker. You're the type of person that's like, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, what was your biggest takeaway from that as a marketer? The digital customer experience is first and foremost for brands now. Um that is where our customers are. They're on their devices. They're either ordering through their phones, tablets, uh, online. And in order to really serve them well, we have to be there and easy for them. Customers are going to gravitate towards what is the easiest. And if they're on your app and it crashes repeatedly, they're not going to go back. Um, so that was kind of the big takeaway for me, um, just the, the technology, the, the usefulness of it. And um, everybody's kind of striving for the same thing to, to make that customer experience seamless, flawless, and make them want to come back to your brand. Do you, I love that. I mean, I'm, that's, I've been to a couple of conferences lately and that seems to be the talk everybody's on that or like personalization. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and yeah. Andrew here is saying that he likes some easy tech. Yeah, I think we would all like more easy tech, right? Yes, yes, that would be good. Uh, where where are you at with uh, like in your thinking in terms of like personalization and segmentation? Do you think digital marketing and is and people being on their phones does that make it easier or does it make it harder? Um, it actually makes it easier. I think. Um, I'm glad that you asked about that because we're actually in kind of the planning stages of an endeavor that we'll see come to fruition in 2022, where we're taking all of our customer data, every single touch point that we get with our customers, 
putting it into one database so we can really personalize the communication back to them based on their habits, their preferences, their purchases, their locations, um, all of that data. Um, media and, and advertising is no longer mass. Um, sure, you can put a billboard up, especially when you have a new location and you want to draw attention to it. That's great. Um, but the more you can segment, meet people where they are, give them the things that they want that fit their family, their lifestyle, their needs, that's going to become more and more effective. We just um, are in the process of rolling out a um, SMS uh, marketing platform where we have some AI technology and it's very personalized. We are sending a text to somebody and it will say, hey, Rev, this is Joe from the Tzatziki's in Atlanta, if that was the location that you visited. Um, so we, we very um, highly value personalization and think that that is definitely the wave of the future. That's awesome. Wouldn't know that I hate tomatoes on my uh, my euros or as I say, tomatoes. <laughs> if you told it that it would remember. Yes. I can't wait to test this out. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That, that is awesome. All right, I want to come back to that in a second. All right. For people who aren't familiar with Tzatziki's, can you tell us just a little bit about the brand? Sure. Sure. We are a fast, casual Mediterranean brand started in Birmingham, Alabama in 1998 by Keith and Amy Richards. Uh, Keith was uh, worked for one of the, the most wonderful restaurants in Birmingham, uh, had a culinary background, went on a trip to Greece with his wife, Amy, and saw the, the hospitality, um, the openness of the, the Greek culture, and really was um, just drawn to the whole whole um, just feeling and vibe around the, the Greek um, culinary scene. So he wanted to bring that back to Birmingham, which we have a pretty um, vibrant Greek restaurant community as well. So he partnered with a couple of those folks and we still get our pita fresh every day from Najee's Bakery um, in Birmingham. Um, really started in 1998 with one location grew to three and then partnered with Fresh Hospitality in the early 2000s, started franchising. Now we're in 17 different states with 92, soon to be 93 locations um, as far west as here in Denver and even in Boise, Idaho, but mainly concentrated in the southeast. That is awesome. That's an incredible story. I need to eat there. All yeah. right. So you have 92 stores in 17 states. I got that correct? Yes, yes. That's my short-term exactly memory is still here. We're good. Yeah, uh, yeah. It might be also be fueled by coffee. That <laughs> sounds like a com complex marketing problem, especially given what you just said about personalization and digital and customer journey. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things? Actually, let's start with this, the, the CRM. So you said that you're instituting a CRM where you're going to have all these customer touch points, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are, are, you, are you using somebody else's? Are you building your own? How, do you, how are you doing that? We're building one through the Salesforce platform. So we're taking everything that we currently have um, and we're going to integrate that with um, all of our social media, with the text marketing, um, with our email marketing, um, putting it all into one one place. That is a robust system. Yes, it, it will be. I mean, we're working right now to build out, I mean, down to the granular, granular level of, okay, what are these fields going to be? And uh, what information off of the receipt are we going to pull into um, this database and, and you know, what transaction level data are we going to get? And my answer to that was all of it. We want to know everything. We want to know where the customer came to, what time they were there, what day of the week they were there, what they ordered. Um, all of that is going to be actionable data for us down the road. 
and a field for does not like tomatoes. Yeah. So, just, a <laughs> suggestion, just a suggestion. Um, how, how are you going to implement that to help? Not, not at the brand level, like let's get into the weeds here. Like how are you going to mm -hmm. use that system to market at the location level? Uh, there's a couple of different ways. Um, first of all, this is going to be a very valuable tool for our catering sales persons, which are all at the local level. Um, the way our organization is set up is we have, you know, grand level marketing um, that comes out of our Birmingham and Nashville offices. And then each one of the locations either has a local store marketing person who has that title or there's someone who's serving those functions. Um, it may be the franchise owner um, himself or herself that is doing that. They may have a spouse helping them. They may have somebody part-time. They may have somebody full-time. But there's somebody in each location who has those marketing responsibilities. And a lot of times those overlap with catering sales. Um, so the person that's doing the catering sales will be able to really dive into that CRM. We're pulling all of that information in as well. Um, and, and help that person market to the folks that, um, you know, we'll, we'll have it down by dollar level. So maybe um, folks that are really um, have spent lots of money with us, we can send them one particular offer. Um, we're also going to have it. Um, hopefully we can collect this and this will be up to our, our local folks to, to fill in this field. Um, what kind of business is it? Is it an attorney's office? Is it an accountant? Is it a drug rep? Is it a manufacturing plant? Is it a school? Um, so that way we can really go in and let's say in the first week of August, when we know every school is getting ready to come back and they're going to have all their teachers show up, we can send them a targeted email from that local person that says, hey, schools go back in Jefferson County next week. We know you need to feed your teachers. We're the perfect option. And if you order with us, we're going to give you free hummus um, or, you know, free drink, whatever, whatever the offer may be. But um, that's one way that we're going to use it is definitely for the catering sales. And then for the, the mass consumer, kind of the same thing. Um, we have a pretty robust email system right now that our local marketers get to use. Um, and we've just kind of completed a really good analysis of that to see, um, you know, what, what are the times that the um, e-blasts go out and are the most effective? What are the call to actions that are the most effective? Um, how can we increase our ROI on those? Um, so that'll be a, a, a very big part of this more robust CRM that will allow us to get down to local folks, um, preferences, you know, all, all kind of different things that our local marketers are really going to be able to use and dive into and probably more options than they will ever, ever be able to really effectively accomplish. But the data will be there and the tools will be there for them to use. That sounds awesome. I have about a thousand questions. Uh, <laughs> I've not heard anybody doing this yet, but let's start with this one. Okay. Um, so you're talking about the CRM, you're talking about the personalization, you're talking about the emails. Um, what I want to talk about is, did you say that you have a marketer for each location? There's, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's someone who is performing those functions. So like in Birmingham, we have um, three folks that are um, local store marketing persons. Three of them are part-time. One is full-time. Um, in Louisville, Kentucky, they have two locations, soon to be three, and they have a full-time local store marketing person 
who also does help on those catering sales as well. So, um, you know, it just kind of varies by market. Denver, I mean, um, yeah, Denver, they have a full time marketing slash catering person. Dallas, um, that franchisee and his wife, they kind of tag team those responsibilities. So there's somebody in each market that's designated to do those things. It may not be its own salaried position or, you know, a full time position, but there is somebody that is is doing that on a consistent basis. That is amazing. I've never heard this. Who who do they answer to? Like who's their immediate point of contact above them? Um, well, I mean, they answer to the franchisee um, because they're they're employed by the franchisee, not by us. We certainly provide them with all kinds of tools. Every store that we have pays the same into our local marketing or our uh, national marketing fund. So whether it's a franchise or a corporate store, everybody's paying the same percent. So we supply all kinds of tools that are needed, um, digital um you know, as well as printed materials for them to go out into the community and do things with. We really want to see ourselves as the agency of record for our franchisees. So we try to provide all of those services, the uh, design services. You know, we've had some franchisees that have reached out and really wanted to do um, some streaming TV. So we partnered with them and helped them um, kind of navigate that process. And um, so anyway, we do we do definitely serve a lot of purposes for um, the franchisees. And then, you know, when we have a new uh, local store marketing person that comes on board in one of those markets, then we will certainly train that person and make sure that he or she is very well equipped and knows about all of the materials and tools that we have available to them. That is awesome. I I've never heard this. I'm so impressed. Um, oh, good. How yeah, do I, mean, I, I came from other concepts where it was just, kind of not even really, it was almost an afterthought to do local store marketing at this level. But this is, this goes back to Keith and Amy's original vision, because the way that they like to describe our locations is if, if you were going to a Greek home and having a meal, that's the kind of food that you get at Tzatziki's. So it's the Greek man at the door welcoming people in. It's somebody walking around the dining room, talking to you. How are you doing today? How's, how's Johnny doing in school? How's his, uh, baseball team doing. It's that kind of feel. Um, I've been a customer of Tzatziki's for more than 20 years, ever since they opened their first location in Birmingham. And when the one came to my neighborhood before I started with Tzatziki's, it was kind of like cheers. It was like you walk in and you knew everybody that was in the restaurant and um, the people at the cashier stand, they knew what you wanted. And if you changed up the order, they were like, whoa, okay, this is different for you today. Um, so we really strive to have that feel and to, to get that in all of our markets, we really do need that local store marketing touch because it's just critical to the brand. And we have awesome food and it's really great food, but it's also the atmosphere and the um, just the hospitality that really sets Tzatziki's apart. That's awesome. How do you how do you implement and teach that system? Like I'm, assu I'm assuming the initiative comes from corporate and then you're uh, applying it or helping with the franchisee or the local store. How do you do that? Well, we've got several different ways. Um, there's somebody on my staff that is specifically responsible for working with the local stores. So she's on the phone pretty much all day, every day, talking to local um, operators, local store marketing folks, um, teaching them, getting back information from them. Hey, this is what's working over here. 
So why don't you try it in your location? Um, she's kind of that connector person that deals with all of the franchises and all the different locations. Um, so that's definitely one way that we're able to kind of spread the message on what we're doing. Um, we have a lot of um, internal communication tools where we kind of lay out what the program is. We typically have four you know, major promotions, two, two to three of those will be food related. Like this year we did um, shrimp kebabs that we um, released in February, ran through uh, the end of April. So when we do a big promotion like that, we have a webinar that we do for the entire system. We're all general managers, all marketing people, all franchise owners, they all come together on this webinar and we kind of lay out not just the marketing, but it's like the training team, the ops team, um, you know, the financial model for it. All of it is shared with everybody. And then we specifically have a marketing follow up webinar about a week after that, where we really get into the nuts and bolts of, OK, here is the window clean that you're going to get. And this is how it needs to be applied. I mean, we, we get very, very specific because um, you know, Operator, because operators are not marketers. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you, you said that. I did not. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a failed operator because I am a marketer. So I, I uh, understand. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've heard like, you know, multi brand locate uh, multi location brands tell me, oh, it's too hard to do things like that. And you're like, no problem. We got this. Would it yeah. be safe to say that like marketing is a part of the culture of the brand? And so as a franchisee or corporate store opens, like it's just accepted that that's part of it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in addition to the the funds that everybody's sending to the, the National Marketing Fund, um, without auditing them individually, I would be willing to bet that everybody's spending an additional, you know, two to five percent um, in their local store. They just understand how important that is. Um, and, and that's not something that's really skimped on or ignored. It's something that's very much in the forefront of what we do, what our culture is, and what we're able to provide for the local stores. Amen. All right. It's 2021. I guess we're still kind of in a pandemic situation or whatever. What are the what are the most important or easy or valuable, whatever word you want to use there, uh, ways for brands at the location level to drive new guest acquisition? We are getting a ton of new guest acquisition through the third-party delivery platforms. That's, that's the easiest way to reach customers who would not otherwise darken your door. Um, that that's that's kind of been the, the tried and true, um, at least for the last 18 months. Um, we've also we have gone and done a pretty good bit of social media advertising, especially when we were doing a big app relaunch a few months ago, because we wanted folks to know that uh, we do have that technology and uh, we do have a, a easy way for them to order. We have a lot of our locations that are doing um, it's not necessarily third party delivery. It's, it's still through a third party. Um, but you can order through our native app and not have to go into the third party app to order. Um, and so that's been very valuable to us as well, because, you know, you, you can't do business like you did five years ago. You cannot just open your door and expect all the customers to rush into you. 
Um, you have to take. No, every, everybody's at home now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's, you know, it's really so interesting that we've seen our, as our dining rooms have returned, we were really anticipating that we would have this major drop off in the to go, the curbside, the digital and we haven't seen it. I mean, it's slipped a little, but as the dining room sales have increased, you know, it hasn't, it, the dining room sales have increased, but the digital has not gone down in an equal proportion. So, yeah. We love that. We're, yeah, we're very thankful for that. So it is, you just have to be very cognizant of all those different channels and not forget about any of them. And um, we kind of had an internal debate a few months ago about is our customer uh, getting older because you look around the dining room and you see one customer segment but then when we actually dove into the data that we have no it's not it's just that's the most visible portion of our customer base and the others are taking their food and they're eating it at home and so we don't necessarily see them sitting in the restaurant makes sense totally makes sense yeah um is it a priority for, for you to get people who normally order from third party to convert them to a direct channel like an app or online ordering? We would certainly like for them to do that. Um, but, you know, we have really great third partner, third party relationships and we understand they have a business to do. Um, and we've we've been able to navigate those waters pretty well so that, um, you know, it's it's not a losing proposition for us. I know a lot of people think that, well, I'm giving away all of my margin um, by going through the third party. And and while, yes, it's a significant portion of each transaction, um, we've, we've been able to craft things um, through some marketing. And, um, you know, it, it, it's good partnerships where it's a win-win for everybody. So those customers that are on that channel, um, if they want to continue doing so, then, yeah, that's fine. How do you, okay, and I just want to call out that uh, Eric Bam is uh, very excited to be watching us here. So he gave us hearts and pizza. Oh, okay. um, thank you, Eric. Um, how do you affect retention when your guest just wants to use Seamless? Or, sorry, we're in New York City, Grubhub. Um, well, we can go through, and that was kind of what I was talking about, the, the good third-party uh, relationships that we have. Uh, we've got partnerships with a couple of them where we do run some marketing promotions, trying to bump us back up to the top of their algorithm um, and really focus in. Sometimes we'll do a guest acquisition promotion. Sometimes we'll do a guest retention. We kind of flip flop those um, so that we're trying to to accumulate as many customers as possible and keep them coming back as often as possible. I love that. I love that. All right. Let's put let's put a scenario together here. You got a store, a couple of stores in the middle of doesn't matter where they call the office and they're like, Julie and Julie's team, we like hit a 20% drop this month. Please help. What can we do? What happens in that moment? Well, the first thing oh, we're going to hopefully that's never happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, not since I've been with the company. It has not. <laughs> um, so the first thing that we would try to do is look to see. Is it a drop in uh, check average? Is it a drop in transactions? Um, you know, kind of more diagnose the problem and see. If it is a um, frequency problem, then we would use those internal tools that we have available. Like our e-blasts are extremely effective 
uh, when I first came to the company, I was actually blown away by the open rate, the click through rate that we got on those. It was much, much better than I anticipated. Um, so that's a very valuable tool for us. We always put a call to action in there, or at least, you know, that's the best practice, put a call to action um, so that we can directly tie that back to revenue. Um, so that would be the first thing that I would do is let's let's see if we can use some of our internal mechanisms to try to drive that um, frequency back up. If it's just a lack of um, guests and we need some customer acquisition, then we would definitely do. Um, we've had great success with some streaming services, um, you know, some OTT advertising. That would be a route to look at. Um, uh, definitely would want to get them involved in our um, social media ads because we do, you know, some geofencing and some targeting and things like that. So we, we've got several tools at our disposal that we would would certainly point them toward and assist them in um, getting up and running so that we can get that turned around very quickly. Awesome. I love it. So if I heard correctly, analyze the data to see where the problem, the difference was, and okay. then e email is your number one tool for retention. Right now it is, yes. That's awesome. So Eric has a question here. And he's saying, I believe we are seeing the restaurant industry changing right in front of us. That's probably standard for all times of the restaurant business. Right, right. What do you think this looks like in five years? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, and that's kind of at this conference um, I attended this week. That was the thing that everybody was looking at. And it all boils down to convenience. People are going to gravitate toward what is most convenient and most uh, the easiest for them. Um, so I think that we're going to have to be an industry that keeps evolving um, with the customer needs and be, be very in tune to that. And every single person that I heard spoke, and this is so true for us as well, COVID didn't really change anything. It accelerated Things that we were already doing, it was just it fast forwarded all of that. The third party deliveries, the the app, the technology, the curbside, all of those things. So we have to continue to be in tune and we pray that there's no other disaster like that that forces us all to kind of flip on that switch. Um, but it's going to be hopefully more of a gradual uh, change, but it's still going to be, you know, technology driven and um, customer focused. Yeah, I, I kind of jokingly say this, that, uh, you know, consumers have been on this thing for more than a decade. Now restaurants are finally willing to recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be where your customers are and where they are is on their devices all the time. That is awesome. All right. We have a couple of minutes here before we wrap. Any big local marketing secrets you'd, you'd be willing to share or for somebody who's trying to figure this out? A uh, big local marketing secrets. Or even a small, tiny tactic that like had a crazy impact that you're like, everybody should do this. Um, I'm trying to think what um, I've heard. You're like, Rev, you can't steal from my playbook. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, get that. Um, well, it kind of tying into some of the, the post-COVID stuff. Um, family Feast have become a very big portion of our... Um, playbook. It is, you know, the, the picture that you're seeing behind the screen there, that is a photograph from a family feast photo shoot that we did. And really any promotions that we do with the family feast, uh, we've been pretty successful in several markets doing spirit nights with schools. 
they want to raise funds. They want to provide their um, students and families with a an affordable and easy way to get dinner. So we'll do a partnership with a school where um, you know a portion of every family feast will give back to the school. And it could be any nonprofit; doesn't have to be a school. Um, so that's really been a big big driver for us. We have a lot of places that'll do um, specials like a Thursday night family feast for $25 or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, all this food for 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really good deal. And sometimes they'll even throw in a gallon of tea or a hummus appetizer. So, you know, everybody's doing their own thing. Um, but those have really been successful in those markets where they promote it locally. Awesome. I feel like I need to location yeah. scout Rutherford, New Jersey for you so I can have this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'd love to come up into the Northeast. <laughs> awesome. Well, Julie Wade, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you sharing this. Thank you. Uh, and if you you watch this live, thank you for watching it live. If you're watching it on repeat, it's on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and eventually it's going to be a podcast. If you have questions, just ping one of us here on LinkedIn. We appreciate it. Julie from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I know you're on the road, so we appreciate you prioritizing this. So You're very welcome. It was great. Awesome. Thank you, Julie. Have a great day. All right. You too. Thanks, Rev. Bye.